Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSC Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. We're going to go straight to the Lord in Prayer. I have a special guest today. It's going to surprise you because I didn't know I was going to have him until the last part of last week. So it'll be a surprise. Let's go straight to the Lord in Prayer. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you. Once again, Father, we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for your forgiving heart, your agape love, such a love of sacrifice and salvation for your children. Thank you, Abba, Father, for your watch care over us. Protect us from the evil one. And, oh, my, Father, how active he is these days. Bless today's show and bless my guest. And Father, bless all those who are listening. May we call to action as we bring a realization of the truths of things that are going on in the world and especially in this nation. For such a time as this, I believe you have placed me here. And all who are listening here today as well. Thank you, Abba Father, for your word and for your guidance. You are the light of this dark world. May we reveal you in all that we say and all that we do. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Build back better. (laughs) That's Biden's cliche for America. Because, you know, make America great again, it's somehow offensive to the politicians, especially the Democrat Party. Of today, we cannot build back and better is not what their intentions truly are until they, until they tear it all down. Tear down the history, tear, tear down the culture, tear down the language, tear down the government, fundamentally change America is how Barack Obama put it. New world order is how the Bushes put it. You notice they're on two different sides of the aisle, but yet they both want to change America. Remove all that is normal and all that is the American way of life. Before they can accomplish this, they must create a fear and a panic among the people. They must divide the people. They must destroy, control your faith, Christianity especially, and they have to tear down the family unit. What better way to do all this than a pandemic? Or to change the language, the idiocy of the gender confusion, looking down and removing um, removing personal human contact, locking down is what I meant to say. And our children have truly suffered from this. They will redefine what is right and what is privilege. Healthcare seems to be a right, yet gun ownership seems to be a privilege, which they will take away from you if you don't behave yourself. The same with your worship and your faith. No singing in church. Remember that one? All that was good about America is now being considered wrong and bad. 
such as private property ownership, respect for life, liberty. To love or honor the Constitution is now considered hate speech, and you are a suspect of terrorism if you show us or speak a devotion to either the U.S. Constitution, the flag of the United States of America, or the Bible. The People's House is said to be the temple of democracy by the head prostitute Nancy Pelosi. There is no mention of the People's Constitutional Republic. Have you noticed that? It's all about the democracy. If you're white, you are the problem. If you are black, you need assistance because you will always be oppressed or used by the Dems. And you cannot make it on your own. Yeah, I'll talk about racist and insulting, really. We have been under the socialist way for quite some time. Our social programs are all about control. But this form of government has been escalating and coming to head. Donald J. Trump, a political outsider, dared to question the nonsense of D.C., the decisions they were making, the wars and more wars, the illegal aliens, the debt and unethical spending, the deep state... NGOs are not to be governing our over the people. Deep state bureaucracy has never was never meant to be a part of the constitutional republic. But I don't believe even Donald Trump understood the depth of the corruption within the political arenas, both sides of the aisle here in our country. Congress and the Supreme Court as well. Like anyone with an addiction, we the people must take some responsibility and recognize our addiction to government assistance. We've acted like government has the money. Government money. But they do not. We think that government has the answers. And they do not. Because government is the problem. Now, we've used this quote before. For socialism to succeed, all that is good Individual rights, private property, and sanctity of life must be removed. What must we do? This is the quote I was speaking of. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. That has been attributed to Edmund Burke, but I don't know if he really said it or not. This one. If you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. That's by Bishop Desmond Tutu. Or how about this one? If you see a wrong, you fight to right it. If you don't, you become a part of it. The Virginian, yeah, I know. I'm a, I'm a big Western fan. Well, he's not a cowboy. But one of my favorite persons when talking about history and how we can learn from it is Bill Federer. He is a well-known author. He's written many, many books. And he has been a guest on CSE Talk Radio many, many times. It's been a while, though. So we welcome him back. Bill, welcome back to CSE Talk Radio. How are you? Ben, great to be with you. Well, good to have you back. What do you see going on in this country, my friend? It's a mess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, matter of fact, that's the reason I wrote a book. It's called Socialism, the Real History from Plato to the Present. And it gives the background of what's taking place right in front of our eyes. And the subtitle of the book is How the Deep State Capitalizes on Crises to Consolidate Control. And so 
the most common form of government in world history is kings. It's Pharaoh, Caesar, Kaiser, Sultan, Tsar. It's all top down. And as the centuries go on, the kingdoms get bigger because with military advancements, the king can kill more people. So instead <laughs> of king killing able with a rock, they can kill with bronze weapons or iron weapons or big, long, phalanx spears that Alexander the Great had or scimitar swords that the Muslims had or gunpowder that the Chinese invented. The weapon improves, but is that same fall in nature of king kill and able? And technology improves, so kings can track more people. Right, only 1% of Egypt could read and write. It was just the upper class. It was the pharaohs and the scribes. Right. So the, the pharaohs would track everybody. And, and so uh, when you go through, Augustus Caesar wanted to have a worldwide tracking system. It was called a census. Right? <laughs> everybody had to go to their hometown to get counted. And uh, if he could have 5G and chips and tracking people and drones, he would have used that. Right. So as the centuries go on, the kingdoms get bigger until finally the king of England had the biggest. The sun never set on the British Empire. He had 13 million square miles and half a billion people. Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, British Guyana, Canada, Barbados, Bermuda, Jamaica and America. And America, (laughs) our founders decided they didn't like this globalist king telling us what to do. Right. I mean, the king of England was like a one world government guy with him at the top. And we didn't like that. And so we broke away and flipped it and made the people the king. Yeah, and then I hear the music. We're headed into a break. I was going to mention when you were talking about how they would use all these things against the people to control them and to keep a watch on them. My grandmother used to say there's no new sins, just new ways of doing them. And that's exactly the same thing with dictatorships. We're headed into a break. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Bill Federer. And we're going to talk about socialism today and he has a new book and we'll direct you to that and when we come back Made in America is more than just a slogan. It's a brand we all look for to better this nation's economy. Liberty Tabletop is the brand of Cheryl Manufacturing, the only manufacturer of flatware in the United States of America. Liberty Tabletop creates high-quality flatware at a competitive price using the finest quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. Oh, and by the way, the steel they use is also made in the USA. The steel is tested for lead and other toxic trace elements, so you bring to your family a safe and pure product that will last for generations setting your table is an important part of every meal the patterns you choose say something about you and your family bringing america home with libertytabletop.com or go to my website csetalkradio.com and click on their link call liberty tabletop at 844-386-2338 use the promo code bethann and receive 10 percent off your purchase libertytabletop.com 
You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. Have you ever checked to see how many minerals are in the nutritional products that you take? Not many if they come from fruits and vegetables that do not average more than 12 minerals due to mineral depletion in topsoil. Minerals are the key to good health and longevity, and you need lots of them. A product called Immuno 150 is only $49.95 for a month's supply, and it has 70 plant minerals and 80 other nutrients. There is nothing like it on the market. Now, more than ever, you need to supercharge your immune system, and to do that, you need at least 60 minerals every day. Immuno 150 has more than 70 minerals. Visit Immuno150.com, that is I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com, or call 888-316-2224. That's 888-316-2224. And we have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth and Bill. Would you give us the name of your book again? Sure. It's Socialism, the Real History from Plato to the Present. <laughs> and we you say Plato. Well, he lived 380 B.C. He's the first one that talked about everybody owning everything in common. And it sounds great until you actually work through that there's somebody in the government that distributes all this equal stuff. And they are tempted to want to give a little extra to their family and friends on the side and to withhold from people they don't, they don't like. And before you know it, it gets discretionary. The saying is, he who holds the purse strings has the power. And so every attempt to have everybody own everything equally ends up with a deep state bureaucracy that you have to butter up to those that are in power to get the favors. And before you know it, the most corrupt and most ruthless of the politicians ends up on the top of the pile and he rules as a dictator. So every attempt at everybody owning everything equally always ends up with a dictatorship. And, uh, but, but Plato, talked about that. I also go through the French Revolution and the motto of the French Revolution was liberty, equality, fraternity. It, it sounds nice, right? Except liberty is individually experienced. Fraternity is the French word for socialism, right? <laughs> uh, the fraternity, the collective, the group, the mob, the state. And equality can be understood two ways. 
In America, it was equal treatment before the law. In France, it was everyone having an equal amount of stuff. <laughs> and if the fraternity, the group, the collective, the mob thinks you have too much stuff, it can use the power of the state to trample your individual liberty, take away all your stuff, redistribute it, and kill you. <laughs> and so every socialist revolution has looked to the French Revolution as the model, right? And so in the French Revolution, they chopped off 30,000 heads in Paris of people that didn't want to go along with this new order. They sent their army to a rural area called the Vendee. Those farmers, they were hundreds of miles away from the capital. They thought they were safe. Well, this secular federal army shows up and kills 300,000 men, women, and children. It's considered the first modern genocide. And so this is the model in socialism. They kill off the old order because they're going to do something new and wonderful, but it always ends up with a dictatorship. Yeah, always, uh, always does. And did you, you know, just kind of listening to the Supreme Court last week on Friday, did you hear any of that, any of those arguments or questions? Um, you mean with the, the different um was this the mandate decision or the? Yes, this was the mandate on on uh, on the uh, COVID mandates, the uh, vaccine mandates in uh, businesses. But yeah, when yeah. I was listening to the Supreme Court, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, I'm I'm open for that. I didn't hear any of the Supreme Court justices or anybody mentioning individual rights. Yeah. Isn't that what it's about, an individual right here in the United States of America? But no, they, they were talking about what's best for everybody, the collective, and whether the government has the right to step in and say, this is what you have to do. And of course they were talking about OSHA, because they're putting it on the OSHA stuff. And I never heard any, anybody, not even the, the ones that are prom- trying to, to fight this, Talk about individual freedom and rights. Yeah, it's uh, very disconcerting. Um, the, basically, the Supreme Court has just become another political mm. unit. I um, agree. That it is it originally was pre- presenting itself as an objective, fair umpire, so to speak, but especially under more recent presidential, um, you know, uh, appointments. We've seen a, quite a disappointment um, uh, of these justices simply weighing out the politics of their decisions. Now, uh, correct wanna... me if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but I thought the Supreme Court all they were to do was to see if this particular circumstance was could be propped up by the Constitution, was constitutional or was not constitutional. But they were just, they were picking across the, the language of this uh, particular mandate and, and not even mentioning the Constitution as to whether it was a constitutional right or, or, or abuse of it, of it. And I never heard anything like that. Yeah, and it's important to understand that, uh, the, Dictators seize power by presenting themselves as wanting to do something good. Oh, yeah. So so I, I mentioned how that kings are the most common form of government. Democracies and republics are efforts to take the power of the king and give it to the people. Democracy, 
basically that term comes from Athens. Demos means people, cross means rule. In Athens, there were 6,000 citizens, the citizens rule. Um, but every citizen had to be at every meeting every day to talk about every issue. You physically had to, so they could not grow any larger than the distance you could travel in a day. And so they call them city states. Well, a republic is a little bit different. That's where you take care of your family and your farm, and you have someone in your place that goes to the market every day and talks politics. They are your representative. So you're the king. You're just delegating some of this responsibility to your representative. So the REP in republic is the same REP in representative, right? So a republican form of government is a representative form of You're the king. You're just ruling through these representatives. But democracies and republics are efforts to take the power of the king and give it to the people. Well, what if the king wants the power back? Hmm. Does he just go to the people and say, hi, I want to be the king. Give me complete control over your life. Oh, sure. Okay, here you go. Is, is that how they do it? No. <laughs> There's two ways that kings can take the power back. One is through fear. When people are afraid, they will trade freedom for security. They'll panic. They'll say, I, I want someone to hurry up and, and get rid of this fear. The second is free stuff. The king can be really nice and give away free stuff until you get hooked and dependent. And then he says, oh, you want some more free stuff? You're going to have to give up some of your freedoms, right? You're going to have to. And so this is what we see a drug dealer can take over a neighborhood two ways. He can come in with guns and shoot people and get everybody in fear and they submit to the mob. Uh, or the drug dealer can give away free drugs. Really? You're that nice? You want to give me free drugs? And then once the people get hooked, he says, oh, you want more free drugs? You're going to have to sell yourself into prostitution. You're going to have to rob from your neighbor. And so a, a, a hunter can catch animals two ways. He can use guns or he can set traps. <laughs> and, and so it's, uh, I was reading about how to catch pigs in the wild. And you put a post in the ground and throw some corn down. The pigs come and eat the corn, ignore the post. The next day, there's two posts in the ground and some corn. And the next day, three, four. And then you start putting the posts in a semicircle. And the pigs come and just sort of eat the corn. And then finally, there's just a little opening, and the pigs squeeze through. They're eating the corn, and you shut the gate. And so that's how you uh, – and so throughout history, there are – kings and there are efforts to break away from the kings and there are these two tactics in which the king can take power back now the first invention ever was the plow cain was a tiller of the soil and then people started hitting each other with him and they turned into weapons that people felt insecure on the farms and they gravitated together for protection and formed the first cities and when you get people together, somebody's a little better at knowing how to fight than the rest. And everyone says, you be our captain. And he organizes you, you fight, you win. That's a good thing. But then this captain has kids and grandkids. He claims to be a special family, uh, and a political family that everybody wants to butter up to and everybody honors and everybody. And before you know it, you got yourself a gang leader. You got yourself a political machine. You got yourself a, a king. And he and controls everything in town. And... um Anyway, and so in the normal phenomenon is when people are afraid, they will trade freedom for security. And that gave birth to the intentional creating 
of fearful conditions. And um, one of the classics is Pericles in Athens. And Athens was a democracy. And he was, and Pericles was getting a little too popular and usurping some power. And the people began to cast it in his teeth. He's getting too powerful. And, and he didn't want to give up the power. So what did he do? He let relations with Sparta to, to <laughs> fall apart until a war broke out. And then once there's a war, everybody wants a strong leader. And they stopped wanting to pull him away. And they're like, oh. And so th- that became the model is that when uh, the leader wants to usurp power, he will create or capitalize on crises and use that to concentrate control. And we hear the music coming in. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Bill Federer. Our topic today is socialism. He's got a book, The Real History from Plato to the Present. Socialism. And I think we're experiencing it, and it's not pretty, and it's not going to be pretty as long as they keep getting away with it. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. Bill and Beth Ann will be right back. listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. What I have failed to mention, and I had it in my hand here, is that uh, Bill is doing a tour throughout uh, Missouri here. And he will be Tuesday night. He will be at the Kansas City Pachyderm Club um, at noon. It's tomorrow at noon, excuse me. At the Denny's KC Missouri Sports Complex, Interstate 70 and Blue Ridge Cutoff. You know, that's where I grew up. Is up there, the Blue Ridge Cutoff. Are you there, Bill? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, that was my old stomping grounds when I was a little girl. Now, we moved whenever I was in the middle of my freshman year in high school, but but that's where I grew up, right off the of Blue Ridge Cutoff. Oh, and wonderful. Then, yeah. And then Tuesday evening at 6.30, he's going to be at the uh, Hope Family Fellowship. And that is in uh, Kansas City as well. We've got the addresses here and phone numbers. Um, that's the We the People, uh, Kansas. That's that's pretty cool. And um, I'm going to let you kind of announce these because they're coming up here pretty quick. Um, you've got another one on Wednesday night. And let's talk about that just a little bit. Uh, right. The Wednesday night one, 630, is sponsored by Concerned Women for America of Missouri. Uh, Cheryl Thornton, and it's in Stockton, Missouri, at uh-huh. the Family Restoration Center, 811 Owens Mills Road, Stockton, Missouri. Uh, Thursday, speaking at Harold's Smokehouse, and that's in Freeman, Missouri, at 6 p.m. Freeman, Missouri, at Harold's Smokehouse, Thursday, 6 p.m. And then Friday, at 6 p.m. at New Covenant Ministries in Independence, Missouri, 532 South Main Street, Independence, Missouri. Again, sponsored by uh, Concern for Women for America. And Good organization. Also, um, John and Mona Webb are helping to put all these events <laughs> together. Um, uh, Amy Fox is organizing that one, and she has her phone number, 816-820-8415. And... Um, and then tonight I'm speaking in Jefferson City 
at the uh, Liberty and Law Dinner right in the the Capitol area. It's the Missouri Baptist Convention meeting. Yeah. And um, and so that's tonight, uh, also at six six thirty. So uh, yeah, uh, I'd love to see anyone in the listening audience that is free. And I think you there at the um, Common Sense Radio uh, have the uh, information. So if someone I do, I have it right here. All, they can and call, and I think call you. We- yeah, they can call us, and I think we're gonna set, it, we're gonna put it on our Facebook page or on our uh, someplace so we can post these, and people can go to that and see where they are, um, and what times and the addresses and such and phone numbers to call. Um, you're gonna be pretty busy, but I'll tell you what, we've got to get people involved. We've got to get people woke up, not not woke, but awakened. <laughs> Because I don't think people realize we've been under this socialism since they started all these social programs, you know, that they're going to help us. They're going to help the American people. They're going to help the underprivileged. They're going to do this. I mean, we've had war on drugs. We've had a war on poverty, and nothing ever gets better. We've noticed that. We don't win any of these wars. The... You know, water goes down a drain, slow around the edges, but then as it gets closer to the middle, it, it sucks into this vortex and it goes faster and faster mm. and pulls out. Power That's wants where we to are. concentrate. And in America, the power would concentrate slow with, you know, uh, you know, Jefferson pushed through the, the Louisiana Purchase. He was supposed to have the Senate do it, but it was such a good deal. He told his negotiators, just do it. And he sort of has the Senate rubber stamp it. And, and you know, it's a little bit of, but it was okay, you know, double the size of the country. Lincoln had the federal government uh, usurp power. Now he was doing something good. He was getting rid of slavery. But yeah. he did have the federal government take a lot of rights away from the states in the process. Yes, he did. Uh, you had Woodrow Wilson. He wanted to get us through World War One, and he has a lot of power concentrated in the Federal Reserve. And during his term, we get rid of the originally U.S. senators were elected by the state legislatures. And the U.S. senator went to D.C. and wanted to keep the federal government small because they had to go back and report to their colleagues in the state house, right? Well, it was under Woodrow Wilson that they pushed through the 17th Amendment, making the U.S. senators directly elected. Well, it sounds nice until you realize, wait, that means to run, you have to run a statewide race. You're like a super congressman. And where do you get the money for that? You either have to be a millionaire or you have to go to those that have the money and basically sell yourself. And then, yeah, then they own you. We haven't had good representatives and good senators for many, 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 many decades. And that's just the truth of it. And, uh, but, but really, under FDRs, we saw a whole lot of concentrating of power. Yes. Right? He wanted to do something good to get, get us through the Depression, but he has uh, all these New Deal programs. He even outlawed private ownership of gold by an executive mandate. Could you right. imagine the president issuing mandates that would control your very life? And um, And so we see this trend that they always want to claim to do something good, but the way to get there is they have to take away your freedom. And it's been happening on an exponential level. It's like that vortex, like that water going down a drain. It's happening faster and faster and faster. And then you add to that the whole Machiavellian concept of intentionally creating crises. So we go back to Italy 500 years ago. 
It was a bunch of city states. Venice, Genoa, Naples, Florence, Siena. And they always fought. And Machiavelli thought if one prince could control all of Italy, it would stop the infighting between these city-states. And so his end was good, but he came up with this idea that the ends justifies the means. So if your end is good, it's okay for this prince to do corrupt stuff and, you know, lie, cheat, steal, if his goal is to consolidate power, right? And so the idea is that if a prince conquers a city-state, the people will hate him. But if the prince pays criminals to kill cows, burn barns, smash windows, set things on fire, the people will panic and cry out for help, and the prince will come in, get rid of the very criminals he bribed to create the problem. Nobody will know the better for it, and everyone will praise the prince as a hero. So it's good marketing. You create the need and fill it. You go around the back of the house and set it on fire, and then you go around the front of the house and sell them a fire extinguisher. And this has gotten into <laughs> politics, so much so that the famous quote, Rahm Emanuel, never let a crisis go to waste. It's an opportunity to push your agenda. And, and Hillary Clinton said, an old friend of my husband and I, Rahm Emanuel, said, never waste a good crisis. And so you and I see a crisis. Our response is, how can we help people through it? Ambitious politicians see a crisis. Their response is, how can we usurp power through this? Right. Exactly. And, and they always want to present themselves as being more caring than you. So it's called seizing the moral high ground. Uh, casinos do this. If a casino comes into an area and the area doesn't want a casino, they'll cite statistics of crime going up. But if the casino can donate money to schools, they can seize the moral high ground and say, we care about the children. We care more about the children than you do. And if you don't support <laughs> casinos, you must hate the children. And, um, and so that's what they want to do. They want to say, we care more about people's health than you do. And unless you surrender your body and your life to the government, you must help your, you must hate your grandmother. <laughs> right? You must hate your neighbor. And, and so there's this, uh, part that where you and I think, hey, let's just get through the crisis. Ambitious politicians say, hey, how can we usurp power during this crisis? You know, and, and we have, want to let up on it. we have seen in particular the pandemic, but it goes back even farther if you just pay attention. And I know you have that Americans today are willing to sacrifice the future for the now. You know, it's, yeah. uh, whether it's security, safety, whatever it is. And of course, it wasn't it Thomas that, uh, Jefferson that said, um, then you don't deserve either one if you're willing to sacrifice. Yeah, whoever trades freedom for security deserves neither, and I think it's credited to, to Franklin, too. Oh, for, okay. But one of the people is um, Hegel. George, oh, I hear the music. Yeah. Well, maybe when we come back, I can talk about what happened in Germany and Hegel and how he influenced Karl Marx and the whole critical theory. All right, we'll do that. And that'll be our final segment. I mean, this is fastest hour of the day, Bill. <laughs> Gonna have to talk really fast. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Bill Federer. We're talking about socialism. People, it is here in the United States of America. You've got to wake up. You've got to realize, just like any addiction, you've got to say, oh, and we got to take some responsibility and then turn around and get it stopped. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. Bill and Beth Ann will be right back. Have you heard about Vine to Bar chocolate? 
It's the winemaker's chocolate, the world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark from the beautiful coastal vineyards of North America. Gently pressed grapes are harvested after juicing, dried, and finely milled and carefully blended into the finest dark chocolate. The Chardonnay Mark contains highly beneficial grape nutrients, flavanols, and has a natural sweetness that flavors the luscious dark chocolate. Mouth-watering, flavorful, delectable dark chocolate goodness with Chardonnay sweetness and beneficial nutrients. And it's alcohol-free, too. It's Vine to Bar Chocolate. Order some today at vinetobar.com. That's V-I-N-E-T-O-B-A-R.com. Cold ship to your door, it's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar Chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. Hi, this is Beth Ann. The inventor and CEO of MyPillow is always looking for ways to solve everyday problems. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt so soft in the store, but then when you got it home and tried to use it, it wasn't absorbent at all? That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually will dry you. They're debuting the MyPillow six-piece towel set that includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now you can buy one and get one free with the promo code BETHANN. Go to MyPillow.com now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty with their 60-day money-back guarantee. To get your or buy one, get one free MyPillow towel set, go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, and enter promo code BETHAN, or call 1-800-978-6168. That's MyPillow.com, and the promo code is BETHAN. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rule America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in Rule America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radical like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rule America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America because lights on. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty to your table. For those of you who want to display your patriot hearts, set your table with Liberty. The new patriotic flatware pattern by Liberty Tabletop. Your dining table sets the mood for the American family and the American dream. Liberty honors our fallen heroes, the Liberty Bell. We the people with stars and stripes, our American Eagle and the Statue of Liberty. Each piece of the Liberty Flatware pattern is an art with elegance, high-quality work, and high-quality 1810 stainless American steel. Each piece is unique while conveying the same patriotic message, liberty for all and we love America. Order your set now and a set as a gift for a special patriot in your life. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty home to your table. Use the promo code Beth Ann and receive a discount. 
LibertyTabletop.com or call them 844-386-2338. And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're in the final segment of today's show. We have Bill Federer with us. He's written a new book. And uh, we're going to promote that somewhat. And then he's got a tour going on here in the state of Missouri. And tomorrow night he will be at the Kansas City Pachyderm Club. And, I'm sorry, it's at noon. I keep saying it's at night, but it's not. It's at noon. And that's at the Denny Casey Missouri Sports. Uh, it's at. Uh, the Denny's KC Missouri Sports Complex, Interstate 70, and Blue Ridge Cutoff. And uh, like I said, that was my old stomping grounds. I grew up there. In fact, I'm so old, I remember when the steel went up for the complex. <laughs> so it went up just as we were moving out and uh, down to the country. All right, take us to Germany. That's where we were going before we headed into that commercial break. Take us to Germany, Bill. Yeah, so Napoleon conquers Europe, six million die. Afterwards, the king of Prussia said we can't get conquered that easy again. We need to strengthen the state. And he gets a philosopher named Hegel, who taught at the University of Berlin. And one of Hegel's students is Karl Marx. Well, Hegel has something called dialectics. It's a triangle. One corner is a thesis. The opposite corner is an antithesis, antithesis. And the top corner is a synthesis. It sounds complicated, but it's not. In other words, you start off with the status quo, you create a problem that's real bad, uh-huh. and then everybody's happy to settle for your answer that's half as bad. And that becomes the new starting point. Then you create another problem that's real bad, and everybody's happy to settle for your answer that's half as bad. Then you create another problem that's real bad, and everybody settles for your answer. And as you move across the page, you go from the individuals having rights to the state usurping all the power. So Karl Marx took this and called it critical theory. And so you would come into a country and study all the groups, ethnically, religiously, racially, uh, and you would categorize them as victims and oppressors, haves and have-nots, and you would pit them against each other until it broke out in riots and violence. And once everybody is in fear, they will trade freedom for security. And they'll surrender their freedoms to somebody promising to restore order, which happens to be the very people that created the crisis in the first place. And then that becomes the new starting point. They create another crisis and another one. And each time the people surrender a little more of their freedom. And so they would organize the proletariat against the bourgeois, which is the working class against the business owners. They'd organize the blacks against the whites, the Catholics against the Protestants, the Muslims against the Christians, the Hutus against the Tutsis in the Congo and Rwanda. I mean, they really don't care who the two sides are, and they really don't care what the issues are. Their goal is to cause it, – it's like an autoimmune disease for the body politic. Even Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand. And so this is how the British took over India. India had hundreds of kingdoms that got along for centuries, and the British landed Bengal in 1714. And they have a trading post that turns into a trading fort that turns into them giving guns to one kingdom and guns to another kingdom and stirring up ancient animosities between the kingdoms until it broke out into warfare. And once they beat each other up, the British came in to restore order and they took control of both. And they did this again and again and again until they took over all of India. Well, it's my understanding um, that the king did that with the colonists and the Indians, stirred up trouble. 
And then yes. they did that during the Civil War as well. They stirred up more trouble with the Indians against the people. Yeah, yeah. The I mean, they're constantly using each other against the other. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's mentioned in our Declaration of Independence that the king oh, absolutely. Up insurrection and incited the merciless Indian savages whose known rule of warfare is indiscriminate killing of men, women, and children. And so you had, you know, uh, one of the big ones is Fort Mims, Alabama. And the British controlled Pensacola, Florida. And the British promised these Red Stick Creek Indians money for scalps. The French pronunciation of Red Stick is Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge, right? Anyway, so these Red Stick Creek Indians massacre 500 Americans at Fort Mims, Alabama to get their scalps to bring to the British, right? And, uh, and so this is the, the strategy. And it became perfected during the Cold War. And so after World War II, you have these brand-new countries wanting to get their, their feet back on the ground. And the Soviet Union sends in KGB agents to do critical theory, where they observe the, the Bosnians, Croats, Serbs, the Sunni, Shia, Orthodox, the uh, economic. They, they observe all these countries and all their classes, and they break them into groups of victims and oppressors, haves and has nots, and then they organize protests. They escalate into riots and violence. Once you get into violence, People react emotionally and not rationally, and you can control them easier. It's called fear-mongering. Mm-hmm. And then they would co-opt the media with bribes and threats to blame the new leader of the new country for all the problems. And when the people get confused and, and panicky enough, they do a coup or a rigged election, and they would replace <laughs> the leader with a Soviet puppet. And dozens and dozens of countries fall this way to communism. And the CIA quickly learns that, um, you know, Truman does nothing. He thinks the United Nations that he helped form will bring world peace. But the next president's Eisenhower, and he decides to fight fire with fire. And the first is 1953. Iran decides to side with the Soviet Union, and it nationalizes the oil industry. And you think, well, big deal, Iranian oil. Wait a second. Britain has no oil fields. And so in 1908, Britain formed the Anglo-Iranian Oil Company. You know it better as BP. And once Iran takes control of all of BP's assets, the British have an oil shortage. So they appeal to Eisenhower, who approves the first CIA operation to overthrow a country's leader. It's Operation Ajax. And the CIA operative on the ground is Kermit Roosevelt Jr. And he goes to Tehran and he organizes riots and radical Islams and attack mosques and um, and then they blame Mossadegh, the Iranian leader, for all the problems. And when the country gets panicky enough, they put Mossadegh under house arrest, lock him away for the rest of his life where he dies, and they replaced him with the Shah, who loved America because we put him in. And the CIA did the same thing in Guatemala and in Congo and, you know, Dominican Republic and all these countries. And the KGB did the same thing with Brezhnev and Khrushchev helping Yasser Arafat to start the PLO and Castro take over Cuba and Che Guevara to start ELN in Bolivia and FARC in Colombia. And so these tactics have been perfected and perfected where you go into a country, observe the different groups, pit them against each other, cause there to be riots, and then in the confusion you do a coup, get rid of the leader, and you put in your puppet. And uh, this has been done around the world throughout the Cold War. The only difference is – these federal agencies have been co-opted under President Obama. And mm-hmm. so he's the one who began to use the IRS to target conservative groups. Right. Lois Lerner, right, he's the one that 
had Eric Holder giving guns to drug gangs in Mexico with Fast and Furious. And when right. Eric Holder was called to testify, he just, you know, pleaded the fifth. And, um, and then we saw the co-opting of the intelligence agencies to dig up dirt on uh, Obama's political enemies and, and put, you know, uh, people there in the Trump campaign to dig up dirt on him. And, and we've seen this over and over again. And now they've been purging the military. Right. Uh, they've been using the LGBT agenda and the critical race theory to purge the military of people that have moral convictions. And so all they want to have is yes men. And, and it's uh, believed, at least in my opinion, it's believed that this January 6th insurrection was really uh, something that was instigated to keep. It was a coup, yeah. It was a coup. It's definitely, it was not an insurrection by the people. It was a coup of the government. And they were trying to do everything they could to uh, make sure that the votes got accepted the way they were and not questioned. I hear the music. Folks, I'm going to put this on Facebook uh, on the show's page. But tomorrow at noon, Bill will be at the Denny's Casey, Missouri Sports Complex on Interstate 70 and Blue Ridge Cutoff. And we'll put the other places he's going to be as he helps to get this word out and bring America home. Thank you, Bill. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not going to protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life.